When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. Parenting advice. It's Wisconsin's most complete farm show. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. And welcome to a Friday, a frosty Friday at that. If you can hear my voice this morning, chances are you are under a frost advisory until at least 8 a.m. this morning. That means we could see temperatures that drop down to at or below freezing. And that's something that uh, will worry you if you left plants out overnight. As far as Wisconsin farmers are concerned, I think most everybody kind of expected that. I'm Farm Director Pam Yankee, by the way. I'm along with you until 6 o'clock. We'll be talking more weather details and about that frost when Stumacher Ag Meteorologist joins us in about 15 minutes. Today, we're looking for a daytime high around 52. Tonight, down to 38. Tomorrow, 52. Overnight lows Saturday into Sunday, about 37 degrees. Sunday, 52, and again, overnight lows that drop back in the 30s. So let's uh, take a look at the possibility that it could be the end of the growing season between now and Monday. But then next week, a kind of a turn of events. Monday, we're up to 60. Tuesday, we're up to 67 degrees, and it looks like we're going to stay dry. Like I said, Stu will give us more weather details in just a little bit. We continue our World Dairy Expo review theme, brought to you by Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin, a World Dairy Expo. Today, after 5.30, What do you do if your family routinely exhibits at World Dairy Expo? No place to go with the beautiful bovines. We're talking about that with Sarah Wendorf from Exonia, Wisconsin, in Crested Mead Dairy. They routinely are exhibitors at World Dairy Expo. What does it feel like this year? We'll talk with Sarah after 5.30. A history of success means proven performance. But let's call performance what it is. Profitability. And boosting yours, no matter what the season brings, is the goal of DeKalb Brand Corn. Backed by exclusive genetics, whole farm solutions, and unmatched dealer support. Let nothing shake your perseverance. Ask your dealer how DeKalb Brand Corn can help you realize a future of performance. Always read and follow IRM where applicable. Grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directions. Normally on this first Friday in October, we'd already know who the champion Ayrshire, champion Shorthorn, champion Jersey, champion Guernsey are at World Dairy Expo, but not this year. Unfortunately, World Dairy Expo not happening. Bob Bosel here at the northern end of the world's longest barn as we always make the trek to World Dairy Expo. And Pam, it has to be kind of quiet and kind of disheartening around the World Dairy Expo grounds there at Lion Energy Center. I'd say eerie. It's kind of like the Packers, uh, Lambeau Field, uh, home game and no fans. Yeah, you're right, Bob. Fabulous farm bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison where, yeah, like you said, normally we'd be pretty near exhausted by this stage in the week when World Dairy Expo is on. Quite a different look this year. The show announced earlier this year in light of COVID-19 and their international audience that they were uh, postponing to 2020. Got a chance to talk about it and catch up on how the staff is doing. What are the plans for 2021 with Scott Bentley, general manager of World Dairy Expo. And he said one of the good news items he can bring to the long supporting dairy audience is that they are on good financial ground, even despite canceling this year's show. 
Well, as an organization, we're in strong financial shape, and we uh, uh, give credit to our forefathers for putting us in this position, and certainly uh, our attenders, attendees and commercial and, and dairy cattle exhibitors that have contributed to a balance sheet that will allow us to survive this year and look forward positively to next year. You know, that being said, and I'm happy to hear that, it's still it's a terrible void. How have you managed to keep morale up around the office? Well, I'll tell you, you know, it's not about us as employees. It's about all of the stakeholders and attendees of World Dairy Expo. But it's been a challenge, quite frankly, through the summer. And I think for all of us uh, that have been impacted in any way, shape, or form over the last six months, uh, you have to find the bright spots and the positives. And for us as a team, uh, we, uh, we've... Uh, dove into our strategic plan, we're looking forward to 2021, and we're trying to, uh, to be involved emotionally in the areas that we can impact and control, as we know there's plenty that we can't. And let's talk a little bit more about that. I said to Scott, one of the themes that I really want to make sure everybody's noticing about this is, yes, World Dairy Expo is world-class cattle, fantastic agribusiness interaction, but it's also a reunion. It really is a sense of camaraderie that we can't replicate any other time of the year. Yeah, I, I strongly agree with that, Pam. In fact, our leadership has, has uh, been very uh, united and unanimous that World Dairy Expo is an experience that must be uh, had and held in person, and it's not something that can be replicated in a virtual space. And so for us, when we think forward to the future of World Dairy Expo, we think of the people and boots on the ground and the emotions that come with 60,000 people together for five days. Can you think of any highlights in your career, Scott, that have happened at World Dairy Expo with that, you know, people get, in, they get proposed to, uh, you know, they've, they've got anniversaries. There's, there's little things that happen that if you're not paying attention or if you're not in the know, you miss. Well, some of those stories you don't hear until after the fact. I've got a few of my own, which I'm not going to share with your listeners. <laughs> but I think anyone who has ever stepped foot on the grounds of the Alliant and Energy Center on World Dairy Expo has that special memory, that favorite moment that they will never forget. And that's the magic of World Dairy Expo. You know, and, and we have to remember, we catch a lot of attention from a, a very diverse crowd, a very diverse audience. Uh, everything from uh, little pea pods that are coming out uh, uh, for the tour of the barns, right on through to dignitaries and uh, elected officials. Well, certainly. You were talking about a large public gathering that has immense ramifications across the dairy and ag spectrum. And so whether it's political figures or fourth graders out for school tours, a very diverse cultural and social experience for sure. Now, I want to make sure we reiterate the economic impact that this show has. I was kind of teasing on the air about uh, you won't miss the school buses trying to get into the Alliant Energy Center. You won't miss uh, the traffic backup on the Beltline, but you will miss that show economically, Dane County and state of Wisconsin. Yeah, we feel so bad for our partners, whether it's the hoteliers or the restaurants or all of the many facets and phases of the expo experience. The economic impact, direct spend in the greater Madison area is over $25 million per year. And along with all of the other events that aren't happening this year, that will certainly be missed in the Madison and Wisconsin community. And that's the other thing. Again, unless you've gone to World Dairy Expo and uh, watched it grow, it can impact farm families. It's not just about your social calendar coming to the show. It may be about international guests or visitors that come out to the farm. You know, what, what I have heard since I've been with World Dairy Expo is the number of people who have a World Dairy Expo experience without ever setting foot on the grounds. 
they're hosting tours, they're conducting business and commerce, perhaps from several states away from individuals who will be attending World Dairy Expo, but the dairy producer themselves benefit positively without actually stepping foot on the grounds. And explain how they might benefit, Scott, uh, because again, people don't understand. It's those traveling groups from countries far and wide. We have almost 100 countries that are represented at Expo each year. It's the buying groups, it's the trade missions, it's the relationships that have been built up over the last 50 years where uh, farmer groups, traveling groups are coming and flying into the Midwest or traveling into the Midwest and they're picking out routes that serve their purposes personally as well as financially. And it, you know, it used to be a lot about genetics. It used to be about being able to see a cow line or something like that. And now it may be the technology, the sheer technology the farm's using. I think it's absolutely the technology. It's those SOPs and practices or just labor uh, uh, management that yep. they're learning uh, from the high-intensity dairies we have in the upper Midwest that they can ba- take back to their operations wherever they're located. Scott Bentley's along with us for General Manager World Dairy Expo. So now that's all, we'll put that, shall we say, on the table. That's 2020. Now, get me excited about 2021. And uh, again, from the day that one show ends to the very next day, your staff is focused on the future. Tell me about 2021. We're actually uh, absolutely looking forward, Pam. Uh, We're carrying over our theme of instrumental to the industry. Uh, for the 2021 World Dairy Expo and plans are underway currently. We're scrubbing our strategic plan. We are making investments in the show itself and the infrastructure of the show for our exhibitors to ensure that they experience something new, different, and better when they come on grounds in 2021. Now, I've got to ask you because it's the elephant in the room. Okay, so let's say that we still get to 2021 and we're still unresolved completely on public health Is that part of your uh, strategic plan? We have every reason to be fully optimistic, but we need to have an eye on that, as does anyone who's in the event management business. Right. Any concerns about uh, being able to attract those internationals back again, or has it all been uh, such a whirlwind for the world that they'll be clamoring to try to come back? I think we're going to see two dynamics in place. I think domestically, uh, we would hope we'll have really strong participation uh, next year. I think internationally, we have to be realistic that countries will be slow to come back online, whether it's uh, personal restrictions or uh, flight and health restrictions. And so we want to be uh, creative and flexible in building an international platform that will appeal to our international participants, whether they attend in person or virtually. Now, we've been sending people to the World Dairy Expo homepage to try to follow up on some of these details, including purple cow merchandise. You know, one question I forgot to ask you before is the center ring. Boy, we're not going to find out how we're decorating for 2021. Is that something that's still in the works, too? It's still in the works, absolutely. (laughs) You know I couldn't share that with you if I knew. Uh, Those plans will come together sometime in the future, but... You know, there's a void in all of our lives, uh, whatever our touch point has been with World Dairy Expo. Uh, and we just look forward to bringing that back for everyone's benefit next year. Scott Bentley is the general manager of World Dairy Expo. Again, we're absent the physical show this year. The good news is they're on sound financial ground to weather this year's cancellation and looking forward and making plans for a great face-to-face event in 2021. We've been sharing all kinds of stories about World Dairy Expo all week long. You want to catch up with the conversation? You surely can. Just go to MidwestFarmReport.com, click on the World Dairy Expo icon, and you'll be able to listen to them all.
right there. I want to thank our friends at World Dairy Expo for helping our World Dairy Expo review happen, as well as Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Wondering what the weather is going to be like today? Ag meteorologist Stu Muck will join us in moments right here on the Midwest Farm Report. In Disney's The Lion King and in our world, fatherhood plays an important role. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov to learn more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Here's a pop quiz for corn growers. Of the top three seed corn brands in the central corn belt, only one is 100% focused on seed corn. U.S. farm family owned and got there without the help of a parent company. Any guesses? That's right. Wiffles Hybrids, officially making them the grown-up in the field. Wiffles Hybrids, one thing done right. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. ADHD. It's the child who can't pay attention or sit still in school, right? The answer may be yes. Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD, can be complicated and it can last a lifetime. Living with a condition can sometimes be a challenge. It may take years to accept a formal diagnosis, and it's not always easy to find the right treatment plan. Did you know that up to 75% of children and adolescents with ADHD have at least one additional mental health condition that also requires a comprehensive approach to treatment? ADHD guidelines were recently updated to reflect the need to screen for associated disorders. Be sure to talk with your child's doctor about proper screening and visit moretoadhd.com for additional information. That's moretoadhd.com. This message has been brought to you in partnership with Ada, ACO, and Chad. You could go to Chicago to hear about the Board of Trade, but isn't it easier to listen to Pam Yonke? This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. 519 now as we get started on a crisp uh, Friday morning, that is for sure. Stumach Ag Meteorologist joining us live via Skype. And basically, if you can hear my voice this morning from southeast Minnesota all the way across to southeast Wisconsin, uh, we've got a frost advisory in effect. And although everybody right now, Stu, according to what I see, is above 32 degrees, and thank goodness we don't have much of a, a breeze, it's pretty calm out there, from now until 6 is usually when temperatures get their coldest, isn't it? Yeah, right about that sunrise time. That's when it really bottoms out. So, yeah, it could still get colder as we get this day underway. But high pressure is trying to do a good job. I expect during the day we'll enjoy some sunshine. You can see that almost full moon shining bright in the kitchen window when I got up this morning. And, of course, that's a good sign that skies are clear and we have this very cool air in store. Radar is this morning indicating a little rainfall over the southern tip of Lake Michigan, even all the way up north to Lake Superior. None of that a concern today, I expect, with high pressure nearby. We stay dry, there'll be sunshine, and it does stay cool. This will be the coolest day we've seen in quite some time. There's talk of uh, expecting there may be a record cool daytime high. I'll take that for what it's worth. Nonetheless, 
It is going to stay dry and cool today. Low pressure does try to build in out of the southwest, and that's why I expect we'll see a bit of a rain chance with more clouds later Saturday, overnight Saturday, or just into early Sunday. Temperatures don't change a great deal. They won't be quite so cold in the nighttime, and then I expect some moderation. In fact, on toward Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, daytime highs pushing back up in the 60s are expected, especially Tuesday, Wednesday, mid-60s to be seen. Believe it or not, that's normal and a bit above by that time. More mild airs building in. It will be staying drier. So if you're still working on that corn harvest or watching those beans dry down, a little rain yet later Saturday night into Sunday, and then it will start to dry out. And with the more mild air next week, I'd have to say probably a pretty good drying week lining up for us as well. No real rain threats around, at least until we look on toward late in the week. So a more mild better drying. Sounds like a much nicer week coming our way. I'll have forecast details right after this. To the fields we go to visit with our Wisconsin DeKalb Asgro technical agronomist Sammy Brentner up in Eau Claire. Boy, Sammy, the weather's been treating us really kindly this year. What are you seeing? Where we're kind of sitting right now, we've got roughly 50% of our corn is already mature. One thing, once I get to this time of the season, I always like to remind guys we need to get out and we need to start looking at this stock strength. Um, There are a few spots in the state that did see a little bit of a drought, you know, in the month of August, and that really opened up the doors for some diseases to creep their way in. So, you know, if you haven't been out checking checking fields, you know, I'm not seeing anything detrimental at this point, but I always like to start early. Um, and just starting to see, is there any fields that I need to harvest on the early side? So stock rots are definitely on my list to watch out for. Good advice. Sammy Brantner, Wisconsin's DeKalb Asgrow Technical Agronomist. Contact your local DeKalb dealer or visit DeKalb.com. All righty, Stu, let's go with that forecast for today and through the weekend. All right, well, it starts with that frost advisory till 8 in western Wisconsin till 9 this morning elsewhere. And after morning frost, I expect a mostly sunny Friday. Really nice, but cool. Upper 40s, maybe a 50 at La Crosse. North winds will be around 5. Overnight, skies again become mostly cloudy. We still get cool upper 30s. Northwest winds about 5. Mostly cloudy Saturday. A small chance for an afternoon shower. In the low 50s at least with south winds at 5. That chance for a few scattered showers overnight last into Sunday. Mostly sunny Sunday. Not a bad way to wrap up the weekend. Heading toward the mid-50s with the north winds at 5 to 10. I'd much rather talk about Monday, though, Pam. Upper 50s, almost 60, and then mid-60s heading toward midweek. So it does improve. Just hang on. Yeah, that's the story, isn't it? All right, well, have a good one, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. All right, we'll catch you then. Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us uh, live via Skype with that uh, frosty forecast. So like we said uh, you know, hopefully you brought the plants in last night if there's something sensitive out there, because between now and six, we could still get a little bit of a surprise. This morning, everybody's kind of in the same boat. Like I said, thank goodness the air is calm. Lacrosse, you've got clouds, you're at 37 degrees. Mauston, clouds and 37. Fond du Lac, you're clear, currently at 36, and it feels like 30 degrees. So you see what I mean about uh, it's already kind of getting there. Beaver Dam, same with you. 34, but because of a little overcast uh, situation, you're feeling like 34. Madison at the airport, clear skies, 36, and it feels like 36 degrees. So just want to remind you, you know, you're always welcome to tell me what's happening in your backyard. Best way to do it right now is to send me an 
message or a picture and send it over to Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook. That's one of the fastest ways to reach me. And you can always leave a message as well. Our toll-free number, 877-301-FARM. 877-301-3276. Coming up after 5.30, more on our World Dairy Expo review. What do you do if you've got all kinds of beautiful bovines that normally would be at World Dairy Expo in Madison? Well, you make do. What you really miss are the friendships. Talking about that with Sarah Wendorf from uh, Exonia and Crescent Mead Farms. That's our guest after 5.30. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As the growing season ends, it's a great time to get a head start on next year's season. By adding compost this year, you'll be ahead of the game for the next year's garden. This is Chris from Kalani Topsoil. We can deliver or drop off your compost, or you can pick it up at our dirt and compost processing plant. Give your garden what it needs today so you are ready for next year. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com. Take it from a worm. Trust the guys who know good dirt. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Recently, I moved to Wisconsin, and I decided that it was time to change up my insurance. And after a bit of searching, it was pretty obvious that I needed to go with Rural Mutual Insurance. This is Josh Gramlin from the Midwest Farm Report. Not only did I want a great rate and even better coverage, but I wanted a Wisconsin-based insurance company that protects and supports our Wisconsin farmers and agribusiness community. To find out what Rural Mutual can do for you, do what I did and go to RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. This fall, get projects done fast with a little help from your neighbors at Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Right now, pick up an AgriFab 44-inch tow lawn sweeper. Its offset hitch allows you to sweep and mow at the same time, and it collapses for easy storage. It's $299.99. Save $200 on a Champion 37-ton full-beam gas log splitter with 338cc CHV engine. On sale, $1399.99. Pick up a 5-16th, 3-8-inch ratchet binder or a 20-foot, 5-16th-inch grade 70 binder transport chain. Your choice, $39.99. Rewards members pay $29.99. Get a 50-inch by 10-foot, 6-rail, 20-gauge utility gate from Balin. Priced at $75.99. Other Balin utility gates also on sale. And get rid of rodents once and for all with a 9-pound pail of Hawk, Jaguar, or Tomcat bait chunks. Now $2 off. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Did you know the flu vaccine is effective throughout the entire influenza season? That's why UW Health is already scheduling appointments. Now, more than ever, it's important to protect yourself and your family by getting the flu vaccine as soon as possible. If you're experiencing COVID-19 symptoms, which are similar to the flu, please contact your health care provider. Visit uwhealth.org flu to schedule your flu vaccine and learn about the differences between the flu and COVID-19. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin. 
Rural Mutual is the number one farm insurer in Wisconsin for a good reason. As a company founded by farmers, they understand the ag industry and its challenges. Local agents offer farm families the best advice and personalized coverage. Visit RuralMutual.com to find an agent near you. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Throw a party here, and you'll wonder if they came for you or the food. RuthsChrisMiddleton.com. Life's too short to eat anywhere else. I'm Dr. Linda Van Eldick, a biomedical scientist supported by the American Health Assistance Foundation. I'm dedicated to educating the public because it's important for all of us to understand this debilitating disease. I conduct research aimed at discovering new and effective treatments for Alzheimer's disease. This is critical because every 70 seconds, someone in America is diagnosed with Alzheimer's. That's more than a 1,000 people a day. Preliminary data show that exercise, a healthy diet, and keeping your mind active may help reduce your risk. At our website, ahaf.org, experts will answer your questions and address your concerns. Find out about promising research the Foundation funds and learn how to live with or care for someone with the disease. Call 1-800-437-2423 or go to ahaf.org for a free brochure on understanding Alzheimer's disease. That's 1-800-437-2423. The traditional light bulb, a groundbreaking invention in 1879. It's time we switch to longer-lasting Energy Star light bulbs. Saving energy saves you money. Learn more at energysavers.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. Rob Reichel joining us, Forbes.com. Follow him on Twitter at Rob Reichel, our Packer insider. Robbie, we all know the names of Aaron Rodgers. We know the name Aaron Jones. We know Devontae Adams, and he didn't play, but we know the, we know those names. But I'm looking at Forbes.com, your article, Unsung Heroes. For the Packers in this three and zero start, who are your unsung heroes, Robbie? Yeah, even you know this. Any time a team jumps off to a great start, you need your stars to play well. You need your complimentary players to, to to at least you know play to the level you expected, and you want some of them to have breakout years. I mean, we know Corey Lindsley is a high level center. Evo, he's playing as, as, as maybe the best ball of any center in the league right now. You know, Rodgers has only been sacked two times. In three games, he hasn't been hit much whatsoever. Green Bay's had a shuffle system going on at guard. And, you know, in theory, Jenkins is supposed to stay at left guard. He's had to bounce out and play some right tackle. They've had some shuffling at that right guard spot just, just because of injuries. And, and, you know, Lane Taylor goes down. And I don't know if it's going to be Lucas Patrick or not now. But just kind of in the middle of everything, Corey Lindsley keeps, keeps that ship moving forward. And um, one of the guys, obviously – going to get to steal the most headlines. He's probably going to, you know, if he continues the, the path he's on, he's probably going to end up in the Hall of Fame one day, Evo, or, or certainly get votes in consideration, nice. you know, a decade or 15 years down the road. But Corey Lindsay is really the rock and the key to, to keeping everything going inside there. Um, the communication, his, his relationship with Rogers. You know, sadly for, for Packer Nation, he's, he's one of those guys that's in the final year of his contract and there's only so much money. I, I think he's probably in a different jersey next year, mm. Evo, but you know, I'm, I'm just telling people, enjoy Corey Lindsley right now while you can because he's one hell of a center. Yeah, um, yeah Robert Tanyan was a guy I don't think any of us believed was going to be the starter at tight end, Evo. Um, he's got, he has 14 career catches before this season and two touchdowns. Well, after three weeks, he's got seven catches and two touchdowns, and he's turned out to be a, 
a pretty darn reliable threat vertically, something Jimmy Graham couldn't do, right? I mean, Jimmy Graham's catching touchdowns for Chicago, but they're one-yard touchdowns. Jimmy Graham yeah. can't stretch the field. Robert Tanyan actually can. Um, and and in, they had nine catches the other night from the tight end group, people. I don't, I don't think anybody saw that coming whatsoever. Um, and a couple of touchdowns. You saw, you saw the one by Lewis. Um, who may have pushed off, may not have, but either way for a... No, it was textbook, a, Rob. It was textbook. For a 71-year-old man, that was a hell of a catch. <laughs> Big I'll, Dog, I'll that was that, a textbook so. from Big Dog, Robbie. No push-off. <laughs> no, right, exactly. Yeah, and, and then the other, you know, the inside linebacker, Chris Barnes, who was undrafted out of UCLA, he was cut. Um, it, I, I have him as another one of my unsung heroes. Nobody in the world, I think, evil before week one. Would have ever penciled him in as the starter next to Kirksey. Um, he's off to a really good start. He's only playing about 30% of the snaps, so he's not on the field that much. Green Bay's in so much nickel and dime. They don't ask a lot from, in, in terms of snap count from that second inside linebacker. That first inside linebacker almost never leaves the field, and that's Kirksey uh, when he's healthy, and, and we'll see where that goes down the road here. But, you know, Barnes, in the, in the limited time he's been on the field, has been extremely active. He's always second on the team in tackles. Um, he's got tackles, you know, a few tackles for loss. Um, no major guffaws or screw-ups along the way. He's been steady and reliable. And, you know, and, and I don't know when, when, if, if, when the fifth-round pick, Martin, the kid from Minnesota, comes back, if, if he takes that job back over um, or not. But whatever, they, they have found themselves a complimentary piece on the inside of that defense that I don't think anybody thought uh, was going to play itself out this way back in, say, May or June. Evo. Yeah, Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com, our Packer insider. Robbie, um, looking at that defense, and you brought up the name Kirksey, you know, he is now going to be sidelined for I don't know how long, but I don't think he's going to play Monday night, and then after the bye week, I think his status is in doubt as well. When you look at those um, the injuries, and people say the Packers are kind of devoid, void of injuries, there's not many of them, well, there kind of is. What's that defense? Is that defense that rush defense for the Packers even coming in more question? Isn't wasn't that the biggest issue last year? The rush defense. What's with the rush defense for the Packers? Yeah, you know, I, I it's not good. Um, <laughs> I think they rank 14th in the league, and that's a really deceptive stat. They're giving up 115 yards a game on the ground, Evo, but about 75 percent of those have been in the first half. What what Green Bay has been able to do is get leads in these football games, like the Lions. Uh, Minnesota in week one, and and they're turning these other teams one-dimensional. And so in the second half, for example, let's take the Lions game. The Lions in the first half, Evil, ran the ball 16 times for 80 yards. If your workout includes bailing hay and pitching pens, then you'll be comfortable right here. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. 5.35 now on a finally Friday morning. I don't know if it's necessarily comfortable outside. It's not too bad, but it's still frost advisory in effect until about 8 a.m. this morning. For basically anybody that can hear my voice all the way southeast Minnesota, all across the state of Wisconsin. And I've got to be honest, it looks like we've got a good frost freeze possibility in effect tonight, tomorrow night, probably even Sunday night as well before we turn the corner beginning on Monday with warmer temperatures. I'm Pam Yonke. Now, from the Landmark Services Cooperative Agri-News Desk, here's what's happening on a Friday. And we continue our conversations today on World Dairy Expo Review. Brought to you courtesy of World Dairy Expo and Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin. So we're all missing the granddaddy of the dairy shows, some more than others, like the Wendorf family over in Exonia, Wisconsin. 
They have been exhibiting at World Dairy Expo almost since the beginning of the show. The conversation I had with Sarah Wendorf points out that if you're somebody that's accustomed to exhibiting beautiful bovines, boy, there's a big vacuum in your calendar this year. Um, Crescent Meat has been exhibiting at World Dairy Expo for many, many years. Uh, my father-in-law, Niles Wendorf, has yet to miss a World Dairy Expo. Um, they've had Japanese trainees throughout the years here at Crescent Mead, and Expo is a time when some of our Japanese trainees come back and they visit with us and they tell us how they have um, started their own farm and they show us pictures of how they have transitioned into farming in Japan, which is a wonderful, wonderful experience for the young people that are in our family. Um, here at Crescent Mead, we also host the judging teams, so we see a lot of the youth from across the United States and some parts of Canada come for the 4-H um, and collegiate judging competitions here in World Dairy Expo, and they have practice sessions here, and we host them on the Saturday prior to their competition. It's a wonderful time, too, to see the people that we knew as a young person is now the judging person of the judging coach of those teams. It's it's really a, a very special um, thing that we can host them and that there's still so many people coming to do it. Now, you make it sound good, Sarah, and that's for sure. I'm not questioning that, but I want to give people a sense of the schedule, how hectic it gets. Now, you guys are all hands on board at Crescent Mead for sure. Why don't you tell them, because you show cattle as well, tell them when you start prepping for World Dairy Expo, because it's not just the cattle, getting them there, having them in the barns. Like you said, you've got so many visitors at the farm. Well, sure. So we, because we're close by, we're happy to go in and set up a little bit early. So we start our week a little bit sooner than the rest of the people who live in Wisconsin so that we can get our tack in. And then we come home and we whitewash and get the barn ready for those, you know, 250 kids who come from across the United States. Um, and then after they leave, we hurry up and pack all of our extra tack that we have, and then we cruise in to get into our animals situated and set down um, so that the Clippers can start and we can get started on our regular program for the animals and the show. <laughs> and like I said, folks, and remember, uh, there's a lot of moving parts. If you're like the Wendorfs and Crescent Mean, close enough to host groups, uh, but still want to have animals in the center ring. So what was the game plan early on, Sarah, when it came to Crescent Mead? How many animals were you expecting to show this year at Dairy Expo? Well, we've all been blessed because, like I said, we're close, so we can, you know, take a lot of our animals and, um, we, we were, we had 10 on the docket, 12 on the docket this year, but, um, you know, we've shifted our, our game plan a little bit because Ohio is our next stop and it's just a little bit further away, but we're still going to, you know, red and whites matter and we're still going to get out there and we're going to show and we're going to see our friends and we're going to learn some stories of <laughs> things that, you know, you didn't know before you got there. So yeah, something you just absolutely don't ever want to miss. Now, how important is it having a presence in that barn? People are automatically going to say, well, it's what happens in the ring. Well, yes, of course, that's very important. But there's a lot of conversations, a lot of transactions, a lot of things that happen in the barns. How important is it to be there, Sarah? Well, and I think as we get older, you're absolutely right. It's important because you need to see those people to say, hey, how are you? And how are things in your world? And how are, you know, how, how are things in your cow world? It's important, and sometimes that's the only place that you see those people because World Dairy Expo brings people from, you know, both sides of the United States together. At any given time, when you're ready to get 
get going on the show. How many people will Crescent Mead have in action? You mentioned you got to get them there. Somebody's got to tend them while they're standing there. Somebody's got to be washing, clipping. How many people will you have in motion during the show making sure the animals are, are ring ready? Well, last year we had a few a few cow classes that we had two cows in the same class, which just takes that many more people. Um, and, you know, there's the picture line people, and there's the people who have to carry the bucket, and there's people who have to make sure that the person has the right number. There's Everybody has their own job, and if you keep your same crew, everybody knows their job, and it's it's seamless. It's, it's pri- you know, priceless, and everybody works really hard for a great end game. But, yeah, there's... <laughs> Show day is full of people. <laughs> How many people, would, you, you mentioned your crew and trying to retain those folks. Do you have a lot of young people that are still game on when it comes to show day with Crescent Mead? Oh, you bet. Absolutely. And those are the people that you have to make it, that you have to include, because when we're old, we need those people to keep going so that we can come watch them in the stands. It, it's nice to know that we've got young people enthusiastic about the breed and about the show experience itself. Sarah Wendorf's along with us. The Wendorf family, of course, in Crescent Mead, uh, deep in their heritage with World Dairy Expo, exhibitors at World Dairy Expo. Let's talk about that, Sarah. So a few years back, there was a little bit of a jumble, shall we say, when we had the brand new pavilions. A lot of folks got uh, rehoused in different places. Tell me about the slot where Crescent Mead would be, your neighbors, and that relationship. So Crescent Mead is in the first pavilion, um, or the second aisle on the left-hand side as you come in from the doors. Um, and that, it's, a, it's an ideal spot. Um, we have a lot of kids come through for the Tuesday day, and we answer a lot of questions um, for the, those kids that day. And if they have, we, we sometimes, they touch an animal or they, you know, pet an animal or they ask us openly questions and, you know, do they make brown milk? That's a really big question. But, yeah, and we um, we tie with people that are close by. We tie, Ricky Allen ties down from us, and he's from Massachusetts. So, I mean, there's we're all from all different walks of the United States in that first pavilion. Now, people are going to say, oh, must be competitive, must be adversarial. You know, I really don't get that when I walk through the barns at World Dairy Expo. Well, of course it is when you're on the shavings. Right. But the minute you get out of that shavings, they're still your friend and they're still your neighbor. <laughs> That's exactly right. Sarah Wendorf along with us. Now, you were mentioning that uh, it is a different for somebody that wants to stay in the game and continue to highlight your genetics. What if you had to go to, Sarah? Like you said, you're going to truck a uh, load out to Ohio for a show. What's it been like to try to keep the visibility of your red and white genetics and uh, and still stay in the game with so many events canceled and doing business in such a different way? Well, I really think that the exhibitors, you know, have put forth the effort to really make things continue. And, you know, even though that we, there's so many things that we can't control right now, we can control the camaraderie and we can control the fact that, you know, we can all get together and still show great animals and still have a great outcome, no matter where it's, where it's going to be held. Now, now, you're lucky you're going to be in Ohio on, uh, on uh, Friday, I assume, so... That would be the day when you guys were most amped up, most uh, uh, in action, getting cattle ready for the ring, uh, ready for whatever came after that. You think you're going to ha- still have a little pit in your stomach, Sarah, that it's not World Dairy Expo, it's not right down the road, it's not those Japanese exchange students, it's not who you tied with normally? Oh, well, Expo is Expo. You can't replace Expo. But you're always with the same amount of people, and 
it's a, it's sometimes it's just about the people you're, you're with, much less where you are. Thanks, Sarah. Sarah Wendor from Exonia and Crescent Mead Farms. Normally, they would be in the thick of things, especially on a Friday morning at World Dairy Expo. This year, another example of what we're missing. Now, you can follow along with these conversations online right now, MidwestFarmReport.com. Just look for the World Dairy Expo icon. And again, thanks to World Dairy Expo and Dairy Farmers of Wisconsin for keeping this conversation going. While the markets are going lower in overnight electronic trade, you got to admit it's been kind of a red hot week for our commodities. Right now, December corn's down four at three seventy eight. November beans are down eight cents at ten fifteen. July new crop wheat currently down four cents at five seventy three a bushel. Yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese gained a dime to a dollar ninety on five trades. Forty pound block cheese was up a half at two fifty seven and three quarters, while double A butter remained unchanged. November milk is up a nickel right now at nineteen nineteen a hundredweight. December down six at seventeen seventy two. And remember, January through June of next year, all of our milk prices in that sixteen dollar money. Coming up next. A crop that we don't talk a lot about because not many people are growing it. Lavender. It's a big part of Washington Island agriculture, and I got a chance to learn more about it. We'll talk with lavender farmer Randy Sorensen next on a Finally Friday. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Keys. Doorknob. Elevator buttons, car door, steering wheel, grocery cart, food, food, debit card, that card reader thing, keypad, bags, keys, trunk. In one trip to the store, you touch a lot. That's why I wash my hands for 20 seconds every time. I do it to protect my mom from COVID-19, but it helps everyone in Wisconsin. Find out how to protect the people around you at dhs.wisconsin.gov COVID-19. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's a grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for a number of money-saving member benefits on equipment, autos, travel, and insurance. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com slash careers. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. We know that you've taken great care of your loved one throughout their ups and downs over the last weeks and months, and uh, your family has stuck together to, to join in that caregiving. You should be proud of that. Gunderson Funeral and Cremation Care, your hometown life celebration center. Gunderson Funeral Home. Roses are red, violets are blue, and you bet she'll be talking farming with you. 
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As we wrap it up on a finally Friday, that's really the case. Honestly, I can't help myself, uh, no matter where I am, if somebody's involved in some kind of agriculture or some kind of food production I'm not familiar with, chances are I'm going to strike up a conversation with them. Sometimes I'll even record it. That's the case when I was on vacation a couple weeks back, decided that because of COVID-19, can't go very far, can't do a whole lot of things. We decided to venture to Washington Island. I don't know if you know where that is. It's basically an island that's directly off Door County. Uh, There are residents there year-round, including this fella, Randy Sorensen, who was uh, distilling lavender while I was at their farm on Washington Island. It is a major draw for tourists, and it's also a major source for edible lavender and essential oils that's turned into a great market. Talked with Randy Sorensen just a little bit about the farm, his background, and what you need to know about lavender in Wisconsin. The origins are the the husband and wife who own the farm retired young and decided they needed something to do other than watch the waves crash on their beach. (laughs) And uh, she came from France and always wanted some lavender, so they started, you know, experimenting with a few plants, and a few plants grew, and a few plants grew into more, and Mm -hmm. uh, lo and behold, now they're Fragrant Isle has 20,000 lavender plants. Yeah. Now, what pe- people are going to say, what in the world, lavender on Washington Island, why does it work well here? It's the soil conditions. It's, it's, they need sandy, well-drained soil, and that's what we have. We have a lot of sand. I think that people would say, doesn't it die in the winter because of the harsh conditions? Well, it, it would. A lot of them would, but we go the extra mile. We cover all our plants with what's called an overwinter fabric, which is... A lot of them would survive an average winter, but they'd lose so much of their vigor that we wouldn't get production the following year. So to look at it in a production standpoint, you want to do whatever it takes to benefit your production. So now we said 21,000 plants. Tell me a little bit about, I know nothing about lavender. never thought of it as a crop. So how how do you get started? How do you rotate? Tell me about the life of the plant. The plant's... When we first started, came from Squim, Washington, the, the small plants, and then we started doing some of our own through cuttings, and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And mm-hmm. so, how long does so you plant you plant one? How long does it take before it starts yielding? What's the life of a plant? The the life we'll probably be replacing at ten to twelve years of age, okay. and we start harvesting at two years old. You don't get a lot at two, but we start harvesting at two years. Sure. Now, how do you measure uh, the yield? Yield would be measured in probably volume of oil. Okay, okay. And we were talking that some varieties yield more oil than others. Tell oh, me a little sure, bit. Sure, sure. Uh, the varieties that are considered aromatic, they're the French and, and Spanish, and, and we have some French and Spanish English crosses, mm-hmm. and they're, they're our biggest producers, but they're also the most, intolerant to bad weather if we're going to have any losses that's that's the ones that we're going to lose yeah because you know the the half of them Mm -hmm. that spanish and french need warmer weather sure right right now what about other natural occurring uh pests or uh, disease there's only one bug it's called a four stripe bug it just got to north america from asia it we're very fortunate because deer won't touch a lavender plant and if if they did, we wouldn't be in business right at the moment. Sure. 
but they'll go down the row and they'll nip if there's red clover or alfalfa coming up through the lavender, they'll nip it off right tight to the top of the plant and keep on their merry way. Well, yeah, good for you. Now let's talk a little bit about the business side of things then. Again, lavender, for people that are listening, probably have seen it. You always see it in hand creams, soaps, things like that. Tell me what the farm uh, channels most of its lavender production towards. Most of our production is geared towards the, the, the edible. So 85% of our plants are basically the English varieties because they're all considered culinary and mm. edible. And, and, oh. so, and they're done in low and slow temperatures, so they're considered therapeutic as well as edible. So they're mm. good for direct skin application, mm. and they're good, you know, they're used in a lot of our products. We're watching you at the distillery right now. We're uh, on Washington Island talking with Randy Sorensen, who's helping to maintain the farm. Tell me about the distilling process for people that never slowed down to think about it. Well, it's steam distilled, so the lavender is basically steamed. The steam releases the components out of the plant. The steam travels through a condenser where it's chilled and liquefied, carries the oil along with it, and the oil naturally separates as it's lighter than water, and that's how we separate it. We drain the, what the water called hydrosol off and then drain the oil off. Now, we mentioned you're, using, you're targeting a food-grade market, so you have to you gotta think about uh, people's safety and the food regulations. Correct, and, and that's why we have contractors that get the raw material and they turn it into finished product for us. How do you, do you gauge a good year, bad year? I mean, most any farmer will say, boy... 2000 blank was a great year how do you guys measure it you know it's like any farming we would gauge it by volume of oil produced in a given year Mm -hmm. have you seen a lot of people show interest in you know asking questions like i asked oh a tremendous amount of people there's a tremendous amount of interest you know it's it's something new and it's become increasingly popular over the past few years and so there's a tremendous amount of interest in you said just a dilly of an internet business yeah yeah 365 days a year, Washington Island and on the internet. Now, got to ask you, what was it like early this year with all the COVID contingencies? What did the crowd look like? What did you guys have to think through? Oh, the, the, the volume of people up until like the 4th of July was really, really low. I mean, the, the owners thought it was going to just be a bust of a year. Yeah. And after the 4th of July, it just was gangbusters. Fascinating conversation with Randy Sorensen on Washington Island and the only lavender farm of any scale in the state of Wisconsin. Now, their growing season, when I spoke with him just after Labor Day weekend, was coming to a close pretty quickly. But again, like I said, they've got somewhere in the neighborhood of 400 residents on that island year-round, including Randy. I've got a couple pictures up now on our fabulous Farm Babe Facebook page. And as always, for more food news anytime, MidwestFarmReport.com. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll catch up with you on Monday. This is the Midwest.